Welcome to Feminist History. In my last episode, The Life of Nellie Bly Part 2, I promised a bonus episode about her activities as an unofficial social worker in New York City. This mini-episode is my fulfillment of that promise. If you haven't already, be sure to go and listen to those episodes. Remember to subscribe to Feminist History wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please, please rate and review Feminist History on your favorite app or in Apple Podcasts. Now, I give you the story of Nellie Bly and Love O' Mike. On December 9th, 1919, a man walked into Grand Central Station in New York City and asked a stranger to hold his baby. The man claimed he just needed to go to the restroom, but after two hours with no sign of him, the stranger, a man named Harry J. Loys, took the baby to a police officer. At the station, the police discovered a note pinned to the inside of the baby's cap. The written message was some derivative of, quote, For the love of Mike, somebody take this kid. I can't care for him. Give him to Nellie Bly. Police took the baby to Bellevue Hospital as per procedure, and Nellie Bly went to see the baby at the hospital. Bly said, quote, Mike immediately made friends with me. He woke out of a deep sleep and looked up at me, laughed, caught hold of my collar and held on. We were friends at once. I was determined to take the child and either keep him for myself or place him in the home of some wealthy family. Bly was so taken with the boy, she initiated adoption proceedings and set about securing the necessities for caring for a baby, i.e. a nurse, a crib, etc. The newspapers dubbed the mystery baby Love O' Mike. Bly was on the eve of finalizing the adoption when a German couple named the Winces came forward to claim the baby as their own. They said his name was Arthur Philip, and someone had kidnapped him outside of a department store in the Bronx the previous July. Bly was suspicious, but without any other information to go on, there was very little she could do. As it turned out, there proved to be more to the story. At the time, Bly was living in a hotel in downtown Manhattan. A few days after the Winces claimed Albert, and approximately one day after their picture and the incredible story of their found baby showed up in the city's morning newspapers, a woman named Lena Lisa rushed into the lobby of Bly's hotel and begged to speak with her. She had a tragic story to tell. Lena Lisa told Bly she was a 24-year-old recent widow. She made artificial flowers in a factory for a living of $12 per week, which was barely enough to sustain her, let alone her three young sons. Lisa had two older boys and a baby named Enrico, who was now known to the world as Love O' Mike. Lena Lisa claimed she couldn't properly care for all of her boys, so she had to give one of them up. Her husband, a mason, had passed away suddenly from pneumonia, and she realized, on a salary of $12 per week, she could barely afford to clothe and feed them. After a period of agonizing contemplation, 
Lena decided that she needed to give her baby boy to someone who could give him a better life. Because she couldn't get off work, she asked a friend of her husband's to take the baby to Nellie Bly, who by this point was well-known in the city as a helper of needy children. The man she placed the baby with apparently got lost on his way to Bly's hotel, and as he wandered through Grand Central Station, it occurred to him he could just leave it in the arms of a stranger with a note telling him to take it to Nellie Bly. When Lena learned the truth, she was dismayed that her baby had not ended up with a wealthy family. Rather, he was now in the care of just another immigrant household like hers, no better off than she. Lisa ran to Nellie Bly to tell her the whole sad story and to beg for help. The story was tabloid gold. It was picked up in newspapers across the country. It turned into a full-blown courtroom drama as the Winces attempted to defend their parentage of the young baby, and Lena Lisa begged to have her son returned. After tearful appeals from both sides, the judge couldn't ignore how much baby Enrico looked just like his mother and his two brothers. In court, Bly told the judge that she would help Lena Lisa find gainful employment and help the young mother care for her two sons. And the judge gave baby Enrico back to Lena Lisa. Mrs. Wentz burst into tears and admitted she knew the baby wasn't hers. But she was so blinded by her own grief over the loss of her baby Arthur that she couldn't help but cling to the hope that this little boy was her son. Now, most of the articles conclude with a neatly wrapped up story of Nellie Bly escorting the widow Lena Lisa out of the courtroom with her infant son and her two toddlers in tow. What's not widely reported is what happened afterward. Now, the archives of Bly's column in the New York Evening Journal are nowhere to be found except in Austin, Texas, at the Harry Ransom Research Center. Brooke Kroger appears to be the only person who has laid eyes on these in the last three decades. So I'm relying on her research for the next few bits. Come to find out, Lena Lisa wasn't a widow at all. Her husband, Albert Lisa, was alive and well. But the couple had fallen on hard times. Together, they decided they wanted a better life for their third son. So, they conspired to get him to Nellie Bly, who would ensure he was placed with a wealthy family. The man who had pawned Enrico off on the stranger at Grand Central Station was Albert Lisa's brother. Bly wrote about this shocking discovery in her column, but she apparently didn't express anger at the Lisas for their deception. To the contrary, she wrote compassionately about two parents who only wanted a better life for their son and begged her readership to forgive them. The story of little Enrico did not end well, I'm afraid. All that time the baby spent at Bellevue Hospital had taken its toll. In February of 1920, Papers across the country reported that the baby, formerly known as Love O' Mike, died from pneumonia a short while after his parents reclaimed him. I hope you enjoyed this mini-episode from Feminist History. If you have episode suggestions, please visit my website at darknostalgiaworks.com and send me a message through my contact form. I can also be reached at feministhistory2021 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Maggie Coomer. I'll see you next time.